Okay, warriors, you are listening to Unqualified Therapists. Remember, stay wild and weird. Hey, Warriors, this is Amy. And I'm Sarah. We are the hosts of The Unqualified Therapist. We are not here to give you advice. We are here to tell you our stories, share your stories, and bring on the professionals from time to time. Mental health is complicated, and we know that from our personal experience. We believe in professional therapy. Both Sarah and I use that on our own healing journeys. But we also know it isn't one size fits all. The stigma surrounding mental illness can make us feel alone. We are not alone. You are not alone. And you're listening to The Unqualified Therapist Sync. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of The Unqualified Therapist. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> that makes some ridiculous. Because <laughs> she did it once, and now it has to be done every time. <laughs> we are just jamming the airwaves with amazing guests, and we are so excited to have um, Casey Brown with us today. So we are looking forward to hearing all that she has to say, and I also have already told her off air, I'm a little bit like... Um, I don't know if it's starstruck or a little bit like, oh my goodness, I can't believe I'm speaking to her. I don't know if we all have those people on Instagram that we watch and we're like, oh my gosh, they're amazing. And that's how I feel about you, Casey. <laughs> yes. So excited to talk to you. Yes, we have Casey. She is a blogger. She is a self-love and body confidence journey um, advocate. She deals in curvy fashion, fitness, and um, of course, mental health, yes. which is a part of all of our everyday lives. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here with us, Casey. Yeah. Thank you all so much for having me. I am thrilled to get to know you guys a little better and have a conversation. I think what y'all are doing is incredibly important and it is an honor to be a part of it. Yay. Thank, thank you. you. So we usually start with kind of a little bit about what's your story and maybe how you came to be this person that, you know, random Amy finds on Instagram and is inspired by. So, you know, what kind of led you to that place in your life? Yeah. So I grew up in Kansas. I'm the oldest of three kids, house divorced when I was fairly young. Um, watched my mom deal with a lot of struggles that maybe weren't knowledgeable at the time, not common conversation for people to have. Whereas, you know, 20 years later, mental health is a subject that's not quite as taboo, not as stigmatized, and people are able to ask for help. But I watched that happen with my mom as a very young kid, and I was aware of things happening. Um, through TikTok, I've learned that a lot of my positive attributes that I've always considered are trauma related. And, you know, I was always told, yeah. oh, you're so mature for your age. Oh, you're so independent. You're great, you know, with kids and delegating and taking charge. And it was because I had to. Yeah. Um, couple that with always uh, dealing with body image issues and not realizing that my body wasn't the problem. It was society's views of yes. my body that was the problem. I went on my first diet 
in early grade school. I remember it was kindergarten and in order to go to a concert, my mom said we had to walk a mile every night. So being told as, you know, a five, six-year-old that... Wow. Wow. Yeah. And if I wow. walked extra, I got to wear a tank top. Like, heaven forbid oh my, my flabby arms show, you know, as oh. a six-year-old kid. Wow. Oh my gosh. So grew up in that sort of household. I, I'm sure we'll dive more into this in a bit, but I don't resent my mom, blame my mom, but sure. she didn't know better. But yep. it is a lot of what started my journey of never thinking I was enough. And so fast forward through high school, diets, boys being mean, girls being mean, trying to get the heck out of Dodge. I wanted out of my hometown. I wanted more. I wanted a fresh start. I did everything I could. I was theater, student body president, sports, you name it. I was involved, A plus student, took college Mm -hmm. credits, you know, next door at our junior college, did everything I could. I'm out came down to Texas and I live in Dallas now, but I went to school in Fort Worth and that is where I developed an eating disorder. And I can remember to the exact moment how it happened. I was working in a press box. I was in the athletic office as an intern and it was a football game and they had cookies at halftime and I just a couple too many cookies and I didn't feel comfortable. Like we all know that mm-hmm. over full yeah. feeling. Yeah. Yeah being a woman in sports, the bathroom's pretty empty. A perk. If if you want to go into sports, be a woman. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, But an empty bathroom meant I could figure out a creative way to make myself feel better. And thus began my eating disorder journey. Um, That took me through college. Uh, I came from a small town in Kansas to a school that was very daddy's money, They wanted you to be itty-bitty, pretty, size zero. Mm -hmm. A lot of people didn't care about anything else beyond their looks. So all of that kind of coupled together, starting an eating disorder led to a downward spiral. In my life, I graduated college, moved to Dallas. A couple months, close to a year of still like trying to stop my eating disorder. Maybe I'm okay. Trying to stop it. Maybe I'm okay. And finally, one day I wrote a blog post and it was called Becoming a Statistic. And essentially it was my way of coming out with my eating disorder. And that I sent that to my mom via email. And I was like, hey, we got to talk. And oh did the same like, with wow. my dad. And I knew the only way I could be truly re- get into recovery was having other people hold me accountable because toxic traits. Other people holding me accountable was much easier than just holding myself accountable. I like Mm -hmm. to show everyone else that I was good enough, show everyone else Mm -hmm. I was strong, but I didn't have that self-awareness to just heal myself. So that's kind of where the eating disorder side of what I talk about now kind of stems from. And since then, I have really rollercoastered around understanding what it truly means to heal and to love myself um, from working out multiple times a day, trying to heal myself from my eating disorder, not realizing I was just stepping into a new type of disordered thought process. And all while battling these internal issues, I've worked in marketing and strategic communication for music production companies. It was a great wild ride, loved it. (laughs) And that gave me a lot of the experience I needed to know as well as my degree 
shout out, go frogs. Got a great degree. (laughs) But to know how to communicate with people on social media, how to be a storyteller, what SEO is, you know, what marketing strategies are. And I organically started sharing about my life online and with my background of knowledge in the marketing world, with my background of the the streets I've navigated, to make a pun with my name, that's quite literally where <laughs> the streets comes from and streets beats and eats. Yes. Um, it just bloomed this organic community that now is thankfully my full-time job to share um, about Amazing. life and I really hone in on the fact that it's a community. It's it's not me, it's us. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I mean, you've done an amazing job with, you know, more than 110,000 followers on Instagram. Thank That's, you. That's uh, pretty rad. Um, and I am sure that you are spreading that inspiration through all 110,000 people because I just was recently introduced to your page from Amy. She showed me uh, your account and was like, we need to talk to this woman. Um, and as soon as I started looking through a few posts, I, I got to like the second post and I was like, yeah, we do. We need to talk to this woman. She's our people. <laughs> she is our people. Um, you just, you are so unapologetically you and I absolutely love it. And, um, I do have to say though, that like your page gets me fucking fired up yes. and angry Yes, because of these trolls that have absolutely no business being around. But what I will say and I hope that you are able to take like something good from it too, is that your responses and that your, um, I guess, yeah, just responses to these people are so inspirational and make me feel like, okay, I can brush that shit off too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When somebody says something like that to me, I can brush it off. I can let it go and walk away from it and not let it like affect me. Yeah. Can you talk to us about that and how you're able to do that so well? Well, before you before you do that, I want to say one more thing: is that one of Sarah and I's goals this year is to tell people exactly what we think as soon as we see it. And honest to God, and I wrote this in the comments, but the first thing I thought of when I saw your red pants and that jump bodysuit, I was like, "She's so fucking hot." hot. And then I read the the what you the caption, and I was was like, like, "Wait, what? What?" What's happening? And so, yeah, so you can go ahead and tell us how you handle that um, and what happened there. But damn, girl, you looked good. Yeah. Thank you. That outfit kind of yes. happened by accident. I We were <sighs> filming videos just in the bodysuits with one of my good friends. Uh, she's another body neutrality space blogger, fashion veggie. Definitely check her out. Her name's Molly. And I threw on the red jeans because they were the closest thing to me. And I was like, ooh. Like, <laughs> this is yes. it. And I was like, yes. on my way home from the studio, I pulled over to a parking lot. And I was like, I'm just going to stop a quick pick. And then empty parking lot. The, the restaurant has closed down. Across the parking lot, someone's working on construction of a new build. Has the oh audacity to yell at me. Like, because I have a tripod and honestly, a really nice camera that I have finally invested in after however many years of blogging, finally investing in myself. And I was like, screw you. Um, yeah. So thank yeah. you. Uh, I would <laughs> well, love tell, to talk tell about the trolls. What he said. He said oh. he basically said nobody wants to see your picture or something like that. Yeah. Right. And called me yeah. a bitch. Like awesome. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Just had to throw yeah. that in there too. Uh-huh. Yeah. I was like nobody wants to see those pictures, bitch. And I was like, mm. Mm. that wasn't a cute bitch. Like, oh girl, like work it, bitch. Yeah. That was a <laughs> yeah. you're a man telling a woman that what she's yes. doing isn't okay with you. Yes. And I love my community of women. I have, there's so many people that I've become really close friends with. We DM a lot. 
And the common response was, there's 110,000 of us that want to see it. Yes. yes and that clap yes, back bitch. made me ecstatic <laughs> because that's not yes, even where yes. my brain went. Mine was just the audacity of a man telling right. someone that can't live their life. I'm not in your way. I'm not in front of your home. I'm not in your workspace. You just had to tell me that what, you didn't like what I was doing. And right. influencing in general is a women-led industry. Mm-hmm. And I think men have a problem with that. If it was men doing this, would we have pages right. like Influencers in the Wild making fun of people for right. making money, creating content? It's like if you're on social media, whether you follow them or they pop up on your Explore feed in some way or another, you're supporting influencers. So mm-hmm. you're also hating on them. Mm-hmm. Right. It, yeah. Um, but trolls, trolls, <laughs> trolls. <laughs> uh, so about two years ago, I had a video go viral on TikTok, and me viral. It was like a million views, which was insane for me. I had right. no idea that existed. Uh, my page grew. This community grew a lot over quarantine because I navigated a lot of content around Dallas, specifically pre-COVID. And then it was like a post or two here and there about my life personally, struggles I was going through. And when I couldn't explore Dallas and go to restaurants or go support small businesses, I had to talk more openly about myself. And then all of a sudden the community grew from like 25, 30,000 people. All of a sudden it hit 50, 70. And I was like, where is, what, where are you coming from? This is amazing. When I hit 40,000, that was the population of my hometown. I was like, oh, Whoa, wow. Man. That's so it was a very cool. cool full circle moment for me. Yes. Um, but I had a video go viral and the comments were horrid. I mean, just as mean as you can think about someone commenting on your face, your body, what you're wearing, the fact that you have blonde hair, you would never get a husband. And I was also battling moving our wedding because of COVID and all of these other issues outside of anything to do with my body, self-love, mental health. It was just like attacking anything and everything. And I completely shut down for, I mean, a good week. I could do nothing but think about these comments and they kept coming in. And I would talk to a couple girlfriends about it and they're like, you can't take the video down though because you're helping so many people, but Mm -hmm. the trolls are what are sticking out to you. Yeah. Yeah. And at that point I wasn't in therapy yet. And so I didn't have anyone's like professional advice to help me and talking through it with one of my girlfriends. I said, all I want to do is have conversations with these people. I want to explain Mm -hmm. to them my side of it. I think there's something in me that wants the last word or at least to get a word out. You can be mean to me and not like me, but let's have a discourse about it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I was like, there's no point. People aren't going to take that Mm -hmm. well in a comment section. So I took what they were saying and would just voice memo it to her. I'm like, this is what I want to reply. So it kind of started in that manner. And then it turned into, she was, this is helping me realize how I could reply. Even if it's my aunt telling me not to get seconds at Thanksgiving, like mm. real life experiences. This yeah. is helping me by hearing how you would have handled it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was a light bulb moment for me to start sharing some of the things that are said online, whether they're followers being rude. Like I shared about 
um, country crock spread, and that is not butter. Let me tell you that. <laughs> Apparently, it is it's not butter. <laughs> got told that a few times. You got told. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, to, boy. to cruel things that people have said, you know, about my body, looks, things like that. And use them as a learning experience because, unfortunately, it's not just things that are said online. That is a big misconception, I think, that everyone's like, oh, it's just someone hiding in their mom's basement behind a keyboard. They would never say that to your face. It's like, I've lived in a fat body my entire life. Those things are said to my face on the regular. Mm -hmm. I was in sixth grade and ate lunch in the bathroom, hid in a closet crying I because people were mean to me. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to stand up for myself. And so that is why I share the way I do with some troll comments, hatred comments is I want to give the women and others in my community the toolkit that they need to be able to stand up for themselves if that's what the situation calls for, or at least understand that their body is not wrong, their face is not wrong, their whatever is being attacked. It's not the issue, it's how that person thinks. And then the third level of it, the third layer would be, so many of us have done that. I, I've made fat phobic comments in my life because I was yeah. insecure about my own body. You're like, oh, she shouldn't be in that bikini on a cruise ship. And it's like, why did I have to say that? Why couldn't I have let her be in a bikini? But I right. I was in a tankini all covered up. So how dare she feel comfortable in her skin? Yeah. So bringing awareness to it. And if you have sons or daughters, teaching them how to be respectful. And I think there's such an element of learning, even if you're not going to say, oh, I've done this before. Thank you for showing me why it was wrong. At least you've seen it and you're aware of it. And sometimes yeah. it's just fun to clap back. Let's be totally honest. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It is. And your yes. responses sometimes make me laugh so hard. Um, I think that was there one? Uh, and the thing is, is that this is what people don't understand is that it's not just people online. It's people like our doctors. You did a you did one on that. And I felt that hard because I have been told so much like we'll just eat less and work out more. I'm like, what do you think I'm doing? Like, you know, just because you look a certain way or weigh a certain amount, they professionals will say those sorts of things to you. And those can be the hardest because we're taught from young age to trust adults, to trust professionals, that they're right and we are wrong. So to have a doctor question you or lead you to weight loss instead of health feels all sorts of twisted. Yeah. Wow. Um, So I am just scrolling through your Instagram right now as we're talking, just looking at all your... (laughs) freaking gorgeous pictures. Oh, thank you. Um, (laughs) But I just, I want to just like talk about this one that you, you put up a post um, a while back around Thanksgiving saying, appreciate every part of yourself, even the parts you wish would go away. I love that. How in the hell do you do that? How do you appreciate? Because I mean, I have parts of me that I wish would just go away. Like, how do I how do you bring yourself to appreciate them? For me, a lot of, it's a really great question. For me, a lot of the mindset shift has been, there's a lot of hype around body positivity and Uh loving everything and, you know, being happy and positive, but that's not reality. I mean, even look at your relationships. Is it always positive with your partner, with your best friend, with your 
coworkers, it's not always positive. But can we get to a neutral space? It's the same way with your body. I, me and my body aren't always going to be happy-go-lucky. There's days yeah. that I have horrid body image, that I don't yeah. feel good, that I don't recognize myself. Especially I had my sixth knee surgery just over a year ago, and it was coupled with COVID, and I started to not recognize who I was for a while. But the body positivity world was like, love it. Be you. Be free. And I was like, I don't though. And I had to get to a space where I could appreciate what my body has done for me. It was helping me survive a pandemic. It was helping me recover from knee surgery. It was allowing me to pick up my nephews when they wanted a big hug when I was saying goodbye. It was Mm -hmm. doing all of this hard work for me. And I could appreciate that for what it was. Didn't mean I I loved it. Yeah, I like that so much. I like that so much more. You all right? It just really hit me hard. I wish we were like in person so I could give you a hug. I know. (laughs) I mean, uh, so. I had breast cancer and had a full mastectomy and breast reconstruction and I hate it. And so it's like being able to think of it in that sense of that I'm alive. And I mean, Mm -hmm. I hated when people would say that at least you're alive, you know? Yeah. Because, you know, my tits were trying to kill me, so they had to go. (laughs) But it's that part of my body that I I wish would go away and I just need to appreciate it and you're right I've I've been in this we have been in this cycle of like positivity body positivity and it's like it's a it's a it's something that I can it's an ideal I cannot live up to I cannot bring myself to that positive place with it and that's so why I felt like I was failing at it same I get that and mm-hmm. so yeah the appreciation is I'm that's just I'm that word and the way you said it it just brings it to a whole It really point. does. It really, really does because the positive, that's like toxic positivity, yes. but with your body. Sorry. <laughs> Please okay. not apologize. <laughs> no. Um, it's one of those things also, I feel like a lot of body changes have occurred through things that are outside of our control. Not everybody is born looking a certain way and on that note, we're not born hating our bodies. That's a learned behavior, just like trying right. to- be positive so if someone's mental health isn't there like they you know their serotonin levels are off and they have to get on an antidepressant mm-hmm. well side effects of that might be low libido like mm-hmm. all of a sudden you don't want to have sex and sex makes you feel sexy or it should right it and that helps with confidence that helps with stress relief in itself so there's one factor oh it's another side effect weight gain Now, all of a sudden, you're in a body you don't recognize, but your head has got to get healed, but your body is changing because of that. So there's so many factors that being forced to think, oh, I've got to be positive. I've got to love this. It's not realistic as much as, you know, we'd love to say, like, we love everything all the time, but we, we can't. And we have to take account that all of these outside factors cause changes and it takes a while to feel at home again 
and it might never feel at home, but at least you can work on your own mindset and your own language to feel okay. Yeah. I really loved how you did a before and after, but kind of in a backwards way, in a sense. Um, I, I really, the person that I compare myself most to and get more, most depressed about is myself, old pictures of myself. And, um, it's harder than looking at pictures of anybody else. And it's the, what, what you just said made me think about that because you said it's getting used to a new body or you don't recognize yourself. Uh, I just remember so uh, at my son's preschool graduation, there was a picture of me that was just taken like offhand. And I was like, who the fuck is that? And I was like, oh my God, that's me. And it just shocked me. And I was like, oh, you know, like, uh, and it, it, it's been take, it's taken me since then to try to like be able to get used to this new body mm-hmm. and it's not unhealthy. In fact, mentally it's healthier than the tiny body. Yeah. If that makes sense. Absolutely does. I think that's one of the things that bothers me the most with the people who are against any sort of body positivity, body neutrality, body acceptance yeah. is they think it it's an excuse that people have to let go of their health. And while yes. health should 1000% not determine your worth, I want to make that very clear. I am not a person who's going to say, well, you can only be fat if you're healthy and you yeah. can only love yourself if you're healthy. No, everyone deserves that. But the movement is not just saying disregard everything. Like who cares if you might have horrible, you know, cholesterol, you, you right. don't work out ever. It's like, no, it's saying I can be a well-rounded, healthy person and stop focusing on the way my body appears. I don't have to shrink it to be a better person. And that is such deeply rooted fat phobia, anti-fat yes. stigmas. And I think it's going to take a long time before those people's mind shifts start to change. But what we can do in our own bodies and within our own communities that kind of understand it is really lead into like, I, my body was never the problem. I see this photo at the time I thought I was fat. Yes. I, I mean, I, there's, I believe the post you're talking about. I was like towards the end of my eating disorder days, which I'm, you know, lifelong recovery. But when I was actively binging, mm-hmm. I was the smallest I have ever been in my life. And now I'm looking at that picture, collarbones sticking out, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. sunken eyes. I don't look good. I was still a size 12. I was still getting told, I was on Tinder at the time, that I was too fat for someone to go on a date with, that I was only a good bang. I was a fuck buddy, but they would never introduce me to their friends because I don't fit the mold of that girl. I still felt like I couldn't shop at the same place as my friends did because they were a lot smaller than me. And I was the end of straight sizing, Mm -hmm. but not into plus yet. So boutiques Mm -hmm. typically ended at a large, especially in the Dallas market. So I couldn't do that. I couldn't share clothes with them. I hated my body and I thought it was the problem. Mm -hmm. I'm 40, 50. I don't have a scale, so I don't know. But these are just kind of, you know, I've definitely gained some weight since then, but I've gained a lot of other things. Yes. And I am a much healthier 
person today all around. I'm a happier person. And I look back at those photos and if it's styled just right, I'm like, mm, that body, that outfit, I can't, I could pull it off because I was thin because I was doing X, Y, Z. But then I see the next picture in the camera roll and it shows the sunken eyes or yes. the collarbone. And it's like, was, was it worth it? Was destroying my life and being the unhealthiest I've ever been worth being that size? In order for me to be that size, it has to be the only thing that I work on. I stop being a mom. I stop my job. I stop the podcast. I stop caring about my friends. I stop caring about my partner. Like I have to focus on that every minute of every day. And like, what kind of life is that? But that like, clearly isn't what I'm supposed to be. <laughs> turning down, going to dinner with your friends because yes. you haven't had a chance to look at the menu to see if there's something that fits your macros for the day, or you're not sure you're going to be able to step away without someone noticing, you know, to purge or whatever scenario you're in. Like, it's not a life that's fun to live. It's not fulfilling. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm like totally speechless. <laughs> And just soaking in everything that you're saying. Um, I just, you are so incredible. Like I'm, I'm breaking all of these things that I always say, like, I hate when people say this to me. So I'm going to say things <laughs> to you that I hate when people say them to me. So I am going to okay. apologize because I hope that Are you going to tell her that she's strong yes. and brave? You are so strong. Because people tell us that we're like, shut up, we're not. Because <laughs> I'm like, I am not fucking strong. I am so not strong. Like, uh, you have no idea. But like, you are so fucking strong and so fucking brave. And I am just in awe of you. And I want to learn everything I can from you. So I just also want to say this so that when people start saying shit about like social media and like giving people crap about that and being influencers, like you were saying, like, do you understand like what people like you are doing for people like us, like yeah. for everybody else out there? Like you're giving my feed reality. You're giving my feed beauty. You're giving my feed, you know, the, the chance to see someone who looks like me. You're, you know, and I mean, and she confidence. makes me want to buy lingerie again. I know. <laughs> I like haven't put a piece of lingerie. I was since like, I damn. I was like, I want to see where she gets that. Cause I think I could, I could pull that off. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> And, and it just, it's, it's frustrating that people think that like, and, and I've, I've been, I've said this too, like social media is garbage, it's trash, it's whatever. But then I, when I'm looking through and now that I've actually filtered out my social media mm -hmm. and I've unfollowed the accounts that yes. do absolutely nothing for me and I yes. follow the accounts that do things for me like yours, my time on social media, my like 30 to 45 minutes that I give myself a day to just scroll through is actually feeding me now yeah. and making me feel better about myself and my life. I but I just have so a proud question. Of you well, thank you. Yes, it's hard to do. <laughs> it, is. it is. It's hard very to hard to do. How in the hell did you like get to where you are though? Like, like tell us about the first either bikini or like bra and underwear post that you did. And like, how much did you want to throw up? Like, oh God, I just put it up there and I'm gonna take it down, put it up and take it down. Like, how did you have, or were you just like, yeah, boom, <laughs> take that. Or did you put it up and turn your phone off? <laughs> oh my gosh. So many. Okay. So first of all, thank you. I, I truthfully, I appreciate it. I'm with you though. I hate hearing that about myself. Cause I'm like, 
you have no idea all the shit that I am not brave about, strong about, that I have homework that my therapist, I realized, gave me a year and a week ago, popped up on my camera roll, like time hop. It's like, oh, I saved that last year on this day. (laughs) Haven't done it. That was homework. Still need to to do that. (laughs) Okay, cool. Noted. Um, But thank you. And it is as much beneficial for me. I mean, to be totally one transparent, it is selfish sometimes. It gives me an outlet to share things that I might not be comfortable calling a friend and saying, hey, this is what's going on. I had a triggering doctor's appointment today. Da-da-da-da-da. Like, I might not be able to get to that vulnerable space there. But there is something so safe about a community that's been created to be able to write that down, which is therapeutic in itself. I mean, journaling, Mm -hmm. typing, you know, writing down feelings, but then knowing my story isn't just my story. It might be your story, your story, so Sally Sue's story. Like there's so many of us that have a shared experience. So selfishly, it's giving me that dopamine of, I'm not alone. That's quite yeah. literally why I started blogging is I did I felt alone and didn't have anyone to connect with. And I wanted my mission to be to make sure no one ever felt that way. Silly things like buying lingerie, little things like that, where to go on a date, you know, to big things like overcoming large obstacles in your life, finding a doctor that listens to you, not looks Mm -hmm. at your body. So whatever those experiences are to know, even if I don't share it with you, someone else in the community shares that with you and you don't have to feel like you're on an island by yourself. So Thank you. Uh, and it gives me the biggest reward in the world when women comment or DM me and share. I bought my first swimsuit. I've never worn a bikini before. I, I started having sex with the lights on, you know, whatever yeah. Yeah. the story is. It really lights a fire inside me to know that there is good happening. Um, first bikini picture I don't remember that but I do remember my first underwear post and I was scared to death to post it (laughs) Ari had sent me I thought they were gonna send me some clothes maybe a swimsuit no they're like here's an underwear and a bra and it wasn't even (laughs) revealing it was a high-waisted like brief bralette I mean something I'd look at now and I'm like, oh, I've showed way more of my body online. Like, I have quite literally sat naked with my knees covering my chest. Um, yeah. yeah. But my husband took it for me because I didn't even have a tripod. So this is, you know, three, four years ago at this point. And he was taking them for me. And I was more uncomfortable with him seeing me like that mm. than the photos being shared, which I think is a yeah. very interesting thing in itself yeah yeah it's like what stopped me what in my brain made me so uncomfortable Mm -hmm. he was my boyfriend at the time we owned a house together he wasn't gonna run away just because (laughs) he saw me in a bra and underwear like he's seen me naked we've showered together with the lights on like there's nothing he hasn't seen about my body right yeah but there was something something really vulnerable so vulnerable doing that yeah and one of the pictures I ended up posting, I was like covering my body. And I'm like, never thought I'd post in my underwear on the internet. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I'm like, well, one of my biggest pillars is 
being an advocate about a properly fitting bra, so I am always in my underwear on the internet. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Properly fitting bras. I mean, that's a conversation that I talk about here, like on here a lot. And I probably just need to dig deeper into your suggestions. But I swear to God, I've tried everything and I hate them all. I feel like we could do like a week long series. You are probably in the wrong size of bra. That is the the very basic answer. It just probably does not fit you. Okay. It's it's never, it's rarely ever the bra, which it's always like, oh, well, this is my favorite brand. And it's like, well. There's a difference of like a quality, well-made bra, of course, but Mm -hmm. if it's a good bra that you don't like and it's uncomfortable or it does X, Y, Z, it rides up on your back, it's not the right size. Yeah. There's one bra by Aerie. It's like the Aerie Sunny or something like that, that is, I have like six of them and I do like that a lot. That's about (laughs) it. We'll have a side dialogue. I will get you in the, the right fitting bra. Thank you. We Thank need you. to have a side dialogue because my husband is like, can you please stop buying your bras at Rite Aid? Thanks. Bye. Uh, <laughs> she, she has a real problem. She gets them in a box. <laughs> like a three pack shit, like bullshit thing of like a, a white, a black and a tan. Well, like, like a bralette, that's head, great. Like, but like an yeah. underwire bra, it's worth a, lo- a few more coins. I don't even coins. have any of those. I know. I know. I know. You just did a, uh, a, a segment. It's not a segment, but like you did some posts on a bralettes <laughs> and I haven't deep dived into those yet but I'm like so excited because I'm like maybe some that's like a dream of mine which is such a ridiculous dream I'm like no it's not maybe one day in my life I can wear a bralette because on the weekend sometimes I just don't want to like go with nothing and I don't want to wear an underwire so I was so excited to see someone my size wear a bralette without like a tit falling out exactly like exactly. you move around 30 minutes and all of a sudden you look down and you're like oh and you're like oh that's, oh, hello that's there. not Hi. there yeah exactly <laughs> nobody wants to see that at costco <laughs> well that's not entirely it's true. been really hard ever since learning about properly fitting bras if i see a woman and you can tell like if her shirt's tight enough like if it's spilling out of the bra yeah, yeah. and i it's uncomfortable. that was me i just thought oh yeah. my boobs are so big like I'll never like that's always that's normal it's giving me cleavage or whatever my brain convinced myself (laughs) yeah but it I so badly want to say hey so I'm noticing that your cup size is probably too small which means you're probably your band is probably too big let me help you I'm like no strangers do not need advice on a bra it would make your back feel so much better just so you know so much better And you came up to me and said that, I'd be like, tell me everything. (laughs) Yeah. And so did you become an expert for yourself? And then, or because how did you like know, how do you know these things? Such, I love this question. I was only wore bralettes after I lost the one bra that fit me because I could never find anything else (laughs) to fit. But not every occasion calls for a bralette. And those bralettes were like half a tit out saying, hey world. Yeah. 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 <laughs> not a good look and you know, they don't give you the lift and separation that an underwire bra mm-hmm. does right i started following carolyn Murray and god this is i mean i lived in an apartment at the time so it's been a while and she would post about her bras and how it was a game changer and i was like eh, okay cool and then i tried one of her recommendations just ordered it online thinking i knew my size fit horribly so that's why i could really relate um earlier. Like, yeah. That was a horrible bra. 
And now it's my favorite bra I own because it fits me correctly. Um, But so she told me, she goes, you've got to go to Nordstrom or a specialty lingerie boutique in Mm -hmm. your market. No chain bra stores. Um, Mm. Like they're just, they're not going to give you the right bra size. So she taught me. And ever since then, I've become very, very passionate about it. I take my friends to get fitted for bras. I swear next year, my Christmas present to my mom and sister is going to be making sure I'm there after Christmas to take them to go get fitted and like get them a nice bra because I know they're not in the right sizes either. Oh. And you don't have to have big boobs to be in the wrong size. Like one of my friends thought true. she was an A cup and I was like, she's like, I'm like a 42A and I'm like, your, your rib cage is not that big. First of all, <laughs> like I'm guessing you're a B cup and she went and got fitted and she's like a 38B. I was like, okay. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to be heading down to Texas to get some bra fittings with you. Yeah. I like though that you said that because I think you're right about going to like something like Nordstrom's or I don't even know how many more um, department stores there are, but that is, that's how I, I mean, like back in the day when my mom took me, that's where I got fitted. And then the other store that you're speaking of is where I got fitted after that forever. And I, sometimes I don't know that that's done right. It's not, and mm-hmm. uh, there's one store that I love their underwear, and I've loved their PJs, and I've worked with them, but I have made it very clear that I could never talk about their bras because they're not, tr- their fitters are not trained to correctly right. fit you. Yeah. I went to three different stores to prove my point, three mm. totally different bra sizes. Oh. One was like a 44C, and I was like, I, for reference, I wear a... 34 JJ in UK, which is like an O cup in US, but no US brands like make that big of bras. And I was like, I'm not a 42C. The bra, I mean, the bra, no matter how tight I got it, didn't fit. The next door was like, oh, you're like a 38 triple D spillage. I mean, every store, but they wanted to get you in a bra size that they have. They have. So mm-hmm. all of those, whether it's a plus size retailer, a regular size retailer, if they just like have a bra department, it's the training that they don't have. And they only have a small mm-hmm. selection of sizes and they want you in that. And mm-hmm. as a customer in the fitting room, you're like, oh, it covers, but you don't realize the back of your band is like at your neck. It's like, oh, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. It needs mm-hmm. to be parallel. Which right. means the fit yeah. is off when like the gore yeah. should be flat against your chest. I used to have boobs like in the gore of the bra. So it's like where the yeah. underwire connects. I didn't uh-huh. realize that was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yep. It is a game. And so okay. most women wear way bigger bras than they think they do. Everyone's like, oh, double D's. My boobs are so big. And I was like, well... I'm looking at you and like, you're probably like three or four cup sizes bigger than that. And double D's really can look small, which is wild. Yeah. And a lot of Google yeah. search, this is my big pet peeve with brands. They'll buy space, you know, search engine. And it's like strapless bras for big boobs. Yes. The bra goes up to maybe a triple D, like 38, yes. 40 band. That's a very average size boob. Why are we right. calling these big boobs? Don't yeah, advertise exactly. your bra. Like I just wasted your seventy three cents or whatever you're paying per click for your SEO. Yep, yeah. yep. Mm-hmm. In the same way that you know they're like, we only go up to size twelve. That's our plus size. I'm like, really? I yeah. think that's like the average size of the people in the world. Yeah. <laughs> or the we carry plus size, but you have to size up two. Right. Like, <laughs> like oh, cool. So a two X is really an extra large. Cool. Sizing yeah, awesome. is so messed up in our world. Yeah. It is. Yeah. yeah. And That's labeling. 
like at that. I hate labels. I'm like, oh, we are inclusive. I'm like, really? Or did you just extend your sizing from what it was? Because inclusive mm-hmm. is like universal standard, a double zero to a 40. Like, yeah. 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 That reaches a pretty inclusive amount of people. An extra, right. extra small to a extra, extra large is not really inclusive. Not. So why call yourself that? Right. We just learned about universal standard. We did. We did oh, from good. a different interview. We were yeah. talking with Liz uh, Fever and she was telling us about that brand and I'm excited to look into it. You should yeah. check her out. She actually does styling. So for anybody, yeah. but she talks about universal standard but a, a lot. A lot of the, the terminology that you're using, she used yesterday. So I'm like learning all of these yeah. new body neutrality, like not, you know, just that like neutral spot rather than this positivity stuff and you know all of that so I'm learning a lot this is a like a huge step forward for me personally yeah the body neutrality like learning about this from you because we even yesterday when we were talking before we were talking to Liz we're like okay when we introduce her and we're saying this is a you know first in a series talking about body what are we saying body positivity are we saying body image what are we saying yeah and so we couldn't like come up with the right wording and I also just get triggered by the word positivity. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, I just can't do it. We have a lot of past trauma with toxic positivity. Exactly. There's a whole other, I I am not in the place to speak on it, but body positivity as a movement, it's definitely a great conversation that you guys could have with another, like a, it it comes from very much like the fat black community and Mm. bodies that were truly marginalized. And that's, actually where the movement came from and it has become a space that is weirdly overtaken by a lot of thin white mm, bodies white girls. that have yeah. stretch marks or cellulite or they mm-hmm. bloat things of that nature which are all insecurities things you know people are working through and made to feel less than because they have them but I mean like I said it's it's not my place to dive into that, but it would definitely be a conversation that would be good to have. I love that. Listeners, if any of you are experts, are in, experts this field. in this field, let <laughs> us know. Reach out. That's really that's really interesting too. Wow. Yeah. So just some of the habits and stuff that I think that a lot of us have picked up as women. Um, you know, I, I saw one of your posts talking about how you're trying to break the habit of picking up a pillow and putting it across your stomach when you sit down. And oh, I do that when all I the read time. that, I was like, that's what I do. Oh I my sit goodness. down on a couch and I'm like, where's a pillow? Like it's an, and it's I innate. Even do it's it not like when something. I'm with my kids. Like why? Yes. yes. When I'm just, or when I'm by myself. Yeah. Bingo. <laughs> yeah. It's learned Can you talk to us at about such that? a young age. We see Aunt Sally do it, or we see a parent do it, or we have a conversation when you go home from, you know, you're at a social event with your parents and you hear your mom make an offhanded comment like, oh, my friend Karen really needs to go to the gym. Like, did you see her mm. roles? Like she's talking to her husband about yeah. something and all of a sudden it's like, oh, I shouldn't show these. I'm in a vulnerable space when my body folds. Like yes. sitting down creates, I don't care how tiny you are, yes. it creates rolls and mm-hmm. it pushes your skin together to create like that cellulite effect or whatever you know thing might spark insecurities or you think people are looking at and flaws, you know, air quotes. Mm-hmm. I like to say features, not flaws personally. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Um, that was 
me trying to get out of my own head. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, all of my flaws. I'm learning to love them. I'm like, why are they flaws? Who told me yeah. they were flaws? Why are these oh. flaws? They're features, not flaws. Yeah. Um, but so we learned this, you know, grab the pillow, you roll, you hunch your body to cover it up. Yeah. You have the same thoughts of wearing baggy sweatshirts or baggy shirts or... I used to be the queen of putting a vest over a shirt if Me it was too. a little too tight. Yeah. Me I feel too. like that's a, a bigger girl, curvy, whether you were size eight and curvy or a plus size curvy, but that's yes. kind of been a part of our But that, that was like back in the day when I thought I was fat, but like was not at all. You yeah, know, that yeah. it was just one tiny little roll and I was like, okay. Oh no. I had Cover it up. Like 12, 12 yeah. vests. Yep. <laughs> all those. Yeah. It's really freeing to start throwing them away. Yes. Or donating, you know, it's, it's yes. great. Um, but so thinking about the fact that it was never, it was never our option basically to cover ourselves because that is what we were taught. We thought that's what it was expected. You start doing it when it's just you. I do it all the time still. And I'm trying to actively think about it. If I grab a pillow, like, am I trying to get comfy or am I trying to hide my body? Same with a blanket. Mm. I used to have blankets on 100 degree days. Why did I have a blanket? Yeah. And realize people know what my body looks like, whether I want them to or not. I can't. Why do I need to hide it? Why do I feel the need to hide it? So I haven't mm. gotten to the place of it's not a habit yet, but yeah. I can at least gently remind myself it's here and I have to go, why? What is the reasoning? Even with, for me, a big thing that I've been working on is I've always been a diet drink, diet soda, diet lemonade, light. Since I was a child, I don't remember anything else. Sprite mm -hmm. Zero, oh, you don't have it? Nothing at all. Like, I'll take water. Mm -hmm. And same with, you know, Gatorades or anything. I, excuse me, got my booster a couple weeks ago and needed a Gatorade. All they had was a flavor I hated in Gatorade Zero or a flavor I loved in regular Gatorade. First instinct, zero. No no worries. Yeah. It just doesn't matter. I don't like it. And I was like, why? Pleasures in life. Why would yeah. I subject myself to something I don't like? So I put it back, got right. the regular Gatorade, and I drank, got, what, 200 calories? But I was like, oh my gosh, liquid calories. I haven't counted yeah. calories yeah. in years but my brain still subconsciously thinks that. So there are times yes. I like the flavors of a lot of light things better. I'm a diet Coke girl and I don't like Coke. So I ask myself, why am I choosing this? And that is a true, I don't like the other drink or sometimes it's yeah. too sugary if you, you yeah. know, don't get the light lemonade or whatever. Yeah. So just being cautious of what, what's the why. And there was a day yeah. last weekend we were at Sonic, they did not have diet cherry limeades. They're like, we're out of Sprite Zero. And I said, okay, I don't want anything then. I'll do a Powerade, which calorie-wise, it was a regular Powerade. Like, I have no idea the calories in it, but like, probably the equivalent yeah. of a Sprite. Yeah. And yeah. I looked at Austin, my husband, and I go, I am making this choice because a regular cherry limeade would be a sugar high for me, and I can't do it. A Powerade yeah. at least has a hydrating effect and won't be as mm. sweet and he goes right okay I was about to call you out on it oh like, so just kind of that active but gentle yes. Yes. yes we're not punishing ourselves we're not 
oh, if I can have five times, if I do this right, I'm going to reward myself. Or if I do this wrong, I'm, I hate myself. I'm not good enough, but just gently being aware of it. And again, it kind of goes back to that neutral space. If I can look at it as it's all a drink, do I enjoy it? Do I not? I'm going to sit on the couch. Do I need to be cozy and comfy or is it hot out and I don't want to sweat? Like neutral awareness versus good and bad. Right. It sounds like you, that's a great plan to ask yourself why. Yeah. You know, with whatever it is you're doing instead of saying, this is a good thing, this is a bad thing, or I can't believe I did that again. Um, But why? Why did I do that? Why did I say that about myself? Why did I, I don't even know what. Yeah, but I mean, all the things. Looking in your mirror and your first instinct is, I hate this outfit. Mm -hmm. Why? Did the outfit not flow? Did you not feel comfortable in it? Was it suffocating you? And because it was suffocating you, your your hips were rolling over. You had love handles, but was it because you had love handles or was it because it was too tight? Like just mm-hmm. understanding how your brain works and almost making us slow down helps pull that, um, the good and bad association away from it. I'm not a mom yet, but I know something I'm trying to even practice with my nephews when I'm around them is good and bad with food even Mm -hmm. you know it's oh well you have to eat well happy plate is a whole nother side thing conversation probably a whole episode (laughs) about how bad I think having a happy plate is but if you eat your vegetables you get a cookie and it's like why is a cookie the reward so now we're saying this is good this is bad why Ah. are we assigning moral value to it you know I understand you yep. don't want a kid to go straight to the sweets, but maybe if you cut the cookie in half and it was just mm-hmm. on the plate with the other things, you're like, this is a balanced meal. You're getting to enjoy something. You're getting mm-hmm. your protein, your vegetables, kind of teaching someone. Whereas I used to reward myself with a sweet treat if I yeah. lost 10 pounds and oh, I get to have half of a cookie and then yeah. I'm going to go to the gym and do an extra 30 jumping jacks to... Yeah, earn my cookie that I just had. So, I, like I said, not a parent yet. Neutralize it. That's what I used to tell myself is that I would I would work off as many calories as I ate. I called that like neutralizing it, yeah. but it was really just an eating disorder. <laughs> yep, relatable. Food does not yeah. have worth. Yeah. No. And that's it for part one. We had such an amazing conversation with Casey Brown that this is going to be two episodes and probably a follow-up episode. We could talk for hours. (laughs) Yeah, she's pretty amazing, as you could see from this episode. Yeah. So you can listen to the second part of this tomorrow morning if you're listening to it on Thursday. Uh, Then we'll drop uh, the second part on Friday. Yeah. Unless unless you're a Patreon. And if you're a Patreon, you can go ahead and go binge it. Listen to it right now. I mean, that's my jam. Break things up into 10 one-hour episodes. I'm all in. (laughs) Give me one long two to three-hour thing, and I'm out. Right. So go ahead if you'd like to join us over on Patreon and become a member of that community where we like to gift you some things early and extra. Yes. Exclusive content early content, you know, all the good stuff. And um, hopefully we're going to be pumping out some live Q&As on there as well. Once we get to a certain number, if you go check it out, you can see what number we're waiting to hit. And I'm still mailing out stickers. Yes. 
So if you want some free UTI swag, I will send that your way as soon as you sign up. Thank you guys. Stay wild and weird. This episode was brought to you by Sarah Simone and Amy Baumgartner. Theme song and other music provided by Epidemic Sound. Editing and production by Sarah Simone. To help us keep making episodes just like this, join our fan club at patreon.com slash unqualified therapists, Inc. Follow us on Instagram at unqualified therapists, where you will find our link tree to all things here at the UT. If you have a story to tell or a topic you'd like us to discuss, email us at unqualifiedtherapists at gmail.com. Until next week, warrior, hold on. We're gonna make it. <laughs>